Do you know what a good jump shot should look like? Do you want to get better at shooting the basketball? In this episode, we have Connor Jean, in which we both discuss how to improve your shooting and what a good jump shot should look like. So stay tuned. The basketball doctors podcast my name is marco lopez i am a doctor of physical therapy and certified strength conditioning coach my name is gabe ignacio i'm a doctor of physical therapy our goal is to empower our listeners with evidence-based information of all things basketball that includes injuries recovery rehab nutrition sports performance and training we will be interviewing key influencers to help you become a more well-rounded athlete at any skill level. Now we have one question for you. Are you ready to ball for life? Let's get it. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Marco from the Basketball Docs. So we have Connor Jean here with us. So Connor, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I was born and raised in, in NorCal. I'm in the East Bay in Concord. I grew up playing basketball, started at a young age, age of four. I was really fortunate to go and play Division One basketball at Laurel and Marymount University down in L.A., which is what brought me to L.A., and then after my basketball career, I basically started to get into training. I was really in love with the developmental side of like my game. And so as I got into training and coaching, I found a real passion and joy to like help other players grow their game and try to spread the knowledge that I got through my experiences to them. And so I started working with some different local AAU teams and then was fortunate enough to uh, get hired over at Harvard Westlake for the head JV coach where I was able to train a lot of the players over there. And then my business basically is called Connor and Gene Basketball Academy. And I have my own select players that I train now. Again, the biggest thing I focus on is just like helping all these players, you know, teach them basically things that I wish I knew. Like uh, a player, my coaches weren't really as adequate as what I wanted. They're more like they're just doing this for fun. And even in high school, I didn't really have the type of coaches that were really there to push me or like help me get to the next level. And I was like, man, like, you know, as a player, I wish I had someone that had done this, played Division One, and kind of showed me this roadmap to get me to where I want to go. And that was kind of the passion that I had that fueled me to start my own business and then start working with these players and basically help give them this roadmap and this kind of like life by design, honestly, for themselves to create so that they can go play, you know, basketball at the highest level that they want to. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Speaking of just skills training and everything, what would you say would be the most important skills? meaning like dribbling, athleticism, shooting, what would you yeah. choose one? What's like the most important thing? Cause obviously it's hard to be great in all, all the areas of basketball, but if you could choose one, one that you can make the most benefit out of, which one would it be? I mean, for me, I, it, I would say it kind of varies, but like not at a younger age, one of the most important things is being able to handle the ball. If you can handle the ball and dribble it, right. You're going to play more because coach, skill to have is to be able to shoot I'm a shooter myself I specialize in shooting and teaching all my players you know proper shooting mechanics but I think it's the most important because at the end of the day the name of the game is to score points like no one's going to win a game if it's zero zero like you got to put the ball in the basket and so do and then also just become a threat like if you can't shoot a three what happens in a the game they play off you so now you're not a scoring threat now there's another defender in the lane clogging up the lane they don't have to respect you so if you can put the ball in the basket you can shoot the three well then 
room for a shooter on a team. Every team needs a shooter. And two, you're just going to be like, you're going to be a threat. You're going to enjoy the game more. You're going to score more points. And so I really specialize and focus on shooting. I think it is the most important skill, especially as you get older, because it opens up all the other doors. You know, now that person has to guard you, that to play you further out, you know, get by people. It helps your other teammates, right? If you're sitting in the corner as a shooter and your guy drives, if your man helps off you, you're getting a bucket. So now they have to hug you a little tighter. So it opens up other lanes for your teammates. Like everything, second you become a shooter. So I think it's very important. But the funny thing is, it's really neglected nowadays, especially in the younger age groups and developmental stages of players' games because they just want someone that um, is more athletic and coaches are. I guess somewhat egotistical and they're like, oh, I can teach them how to shoot later. I, I can figure this out later. So, yeah. but again, if you think of this, if you're able to kind of instill that in a, a player at a young age and help them learn how to shoot, it's just going to help them in the long run because then they don't have to fix their shot and try to relearn something and break those habits that they've built up over the last eight, 10 years, you know, however long they've been playing. No, I hundred percent agree. You don't want to be like Ben Simmons or Rondo where they're playing like six feet away from you. <laughs> but I think it's good now during the coronavirus, you know, they want to split, play away from you. But in regards to shooting, there's so many good things that come with shooting. What would you say when you start teaching someone how to shoot or let's just kind of break it down. What are the shot mechanics? Like what do we need to know before we start shooting? Yeah. So actually ironically you say that. So this is my shirt. This is what I teach people how to shoot. It's yeah. called Blesh. Okay, so I wasn't, I didn't invent it. I was taught by someone very fortunate yeah. at the age of eight that invented this. And um, this whole shooter mechanic, it's, it's a nice, easy acronym to kind of remember like this processes and the steps of shooting. So the first one, B is bend. Obviously, you got to bend down, start creating this right. momentum and this power and start transferring the from the ground all the way up into the ball, into your shot. So you bend your knees. As you bend, there's another little L. The shirt doesn't have both L's, and that's the secret. It's called bend, and then you got to load. you got to make sure the ball starts to load. So that ball has to get into the shooting preparation or the shooting pocket, right? And you have these uh, three different lift points, your low, medium, and high. And so that's that load. you got to load it into this, this pocket. And then it's to lift, and you want to lift everything together, your legs as you extend up and through your elbow, through your arm. And the last part or last few parts is you got to extend the ball towards shooting straight up right? And then you would need to snap your wrist and hold. And the reason to hold, and especially why the last part is so important at a younger age is because you can self-correct a lot of issues. Like, let's say I go and I shoot a ball and I shoot and all of a sudden my arm's like this. It's like, all right. And I held that. It's like, the next time I shoot, I snap and my wrist goes like that. And it's like, oh, well now I shot that way. So it's really easy to kind of self-correct while holding. And so I'm really a big stickler on hold your follow through um, at a young age. As you get older, it kind of becomes second nature, but you know, that's definitely an important thing. So all that to say, blush, bend, load, lift, extend, snap, hold. That's kind of my philosophy of what I teach my players. And there's other philosophies out there like beef, which is like balance, elbow, eyes, follow through. And you need to work together. You need your lower body and your upper body to sync together. So once you get those working together, then there's that rhythm and everything starts to feel good. And you can hear that all the time. We step in rhythm. That shot feels yeah. good. felt good coming off my hand. There's a reason for that, right? It's that everything was working together at the same time. You're like, wow, that felt effortless. So a lot of the other things that I always ask my players when I'm teaching them is I want three things. I want you to feel like it's effortless. It's efficient. It's like very like easy for you to do again. And you have control. Those are the three things I always want. Effortless, efficiency, control. Damn. I love that. I love the acronyms. It keeps it simple and everything. 
what would you say within those acronyms or within those stages, what's the, I guess, aspect that's mostly, I would say, Important. not disregarded or just like people neglect or people just always yeah. do wrong, you know, what's the, within it's, that acronym? It's the Ben Lotus, making sure that eventually like you get that ball to your shot pocket to where then you can work together. And a lot of people, they kind of mess that up because if you think of this and you start breaking down the mechanics, most time when you pick up a ball or when the ball's past you, whatever, where does it start around in between like your belly button and your chest? That's kind of where your pickups are. Sometimes even lower. So that ball then has to transfer or travel from that position to your like um, your lift point to your follow through. So it's traveling like a long distance, right? Compared to legs ahead of the ball or some will be taught to try to get the ball to go faster than their legs. And when you have that mistiming, that's when you have all those inconsistencies. That's when you lose power. You don't feel in rhythm. The ball doesn't feel good coming off your hand. So I think one of the biggest things that is kind of like forgotten or like neglected is that load. So that then you and then one question regarding the load and the lift and explode, how high should someone jump with, with the jump shot? I think that uh, that's a question that I've always had and seen. You know, some people jump really high and they're shooting it, but I think their mechanics are off. They're not even shooting it with their arch. They're shooting more just like a straight, less of an arch, less of a degree, so more of a push. So can you talk to us a little bit more on the jump height when you're lifting, loading, exploding? Because I've right. seen it, you know, everywhere. And especially if you're playing like a taller defender. Can you walk us through that? There's not one shot fits all. And you're going to have to master multiple different shots because it depends on how the defender plays you. Right, everyone, you'll hear a lot of shoot, shoot the shot the same way, shoot the shot the same way. Well, I'm gonna shoot a fade a little different than I'm gonna shoot a just catch and shoot right wide open, then I'm gonna shoot a little different than a one dribble pull up, depending on where my defender's playing me. And you have to be able to do that. However, there is one like traditional, like, you know, when you're at the free throw line, how everyone should shoot. And then once you master that form, then you can do the others, the ladders, the fade, the drift, or, you know, your one dribble pull up and kind of move where you set the ball. The lower you set the ball, the more power you get. The higher you set the ball, sometimes the less power, which is why you see most people that have a high lift point be above 6'7". Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Michael Jordan, Kobe, et cetera, right? They're 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and above, so they don't need as much power, and they're able to create a different type. They're able to generate a different type of power with a different angle. Now, what you're talking about with like kind of like the load, explode, and everything, and how to jump, that all athleticism comes in athleticism of the player so if you're less athletic sometimes you're not going to jump as high that's not necessarily going to mess up your shot a lot of good shooters only jump like six eight inches off the ground again the jumping is for timing it's for the upper body part once you master that then you can master the timing of the lower body then you're going to develop that rhythm and the shot becomes easy jumping on your shot is not a problem that's totally fine more athletic people like a russ westbrook or yeah. i'm trying to think Who's freaking athletic? Jaw holds it, but uh, as much. But the issue with like someone like a Russ, right? They'll jump and they'll already be in the air, and then they got to get into this position super quick and start to extend. And sometimes that will be off. So this won't be as quick as they need it to be to match their legs, which again is why there's that rhythm timing thing. And it's like, damn, it just didn't feel good. But when it does work, oh, it feels very fluid and easy. Yeah. 
be off the ground, right? Maybe on like a one dribble pull up to try to create separation, get that extra space, shoot over someone. But most of the time you're gonna like get just a little jump. Like I'll say, baby, I tell people baby jump, baby jump, right? So like six yeah. inches off the ground. And again, that's just for flow, timing and rhythm. Question, if you do wanna have a very like um, explosive jump in your jump shot, just make sure your shot is already like kind of prepped and ready. So meaning like there's little things you can do. Prep your hand, right? So have your wrist cocked back. So that's the one last thing you don't have to do before you shoot. Have the ball kind of on a because our mindset somehow will think, oh, we've hit our peak, now shoot. But you're already shooting on the way down because you hit that peak for such a short amount of time. So right before you hit that peak, you want to start to extend. So that then they're working together. Otherwise, you're working against gravity and that's going to be much harder than you know, someone just shooting and jumping six inches off the ground as opposed yeah. to you jumping 20 inches off the ground. But I think the bigger thing for like the jump and like how high you should jump is really going to depend on how the defender plays you, right? You're going to jump backwards more on a fade if a defender is really heavy on you. You can see this with clips of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kawhi Leonard. They fade a lot. And then you'll see, you know, different ones of like, okay, they just create a little space and then because their shot is so low and quick they just create that space and boom and they're able to hit it so for me it all depends on the athlete it depends on how the defender guards you but i do basically teach all my players a traditional kind of like i want to say like a set shot but like a traditional like okay jump maybe six inches off the ground as you're releasing the ball and then you're definitely gonna be able to jump differently and higher depending on how the defender guards you for your fade your drifts and your one dribble pull-ups Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I've always had that question because I always see, like you talked, like you mentioned, John Moran and then Russell Westbrook, they'll jump in the air, hold it up the air, and then they'll release at the very, it's way different as opposed to like LeBron, Kobe, Clay Thompson, mm -hmm. you know? And another question I had, and I see this all the time, and some players do it on purpose to get a foul. How about the horizontal displacement? Meaning I hop, we're talking about vertical. How about horizontal? When you jump, do you land one step in front of you or do you land straight in that same position that you took off because we you mentioned lift and explode so i would think just lifting and explode and you land maybe two three inches off the original base but what's mm -hmm. your thoughts on like some people shoot and they'll take you know they'll land very like, forward yeah foot two feet forward yeah. yeah i'm not a big believer in jumping forward um, okay. i don't believe in that i think then you're shooting at a target that's forever changing it's like in your mind, you're seeing something like, let's say you're shooting a 15 foot shot, but then as you jump yeah. forward and you release, now it's a 14 and a half or maybe a 14 or maybe a 13 and a half, right? And so that yeah. changes and your mind sometimes isn't able to really adjust to it. So I'm a big believer in like, if you jump like an inch or two forward, fine, nothing wrong. Yeah. But my whole thing is you want to try to take off and land somewhat in the same spot. The thing that I don't really talk too much about, but that is really important is that base. And what I have been finding and also what I've learned from some of my mentors that have done tons of studies on shooting is that that wider base or at least your shoulder width or maybe a little wider is going to allow you to shoot better, create more power, generate more power. Like if you were to squat, right, you're not going to go tell someone, hey, squat 300 pounds with a very narrow base. It's going to be very difficult. You're going to get them a little wider. Same exact thing. So if you can generate more power with a wider base, why not have a wider base? That's kind of stability. If you have a wide base and you're running full speed and then all of a sudden you get into this wide base, you're going to be more stable to be able to go straight up and down like we're talking about as opposed to drifting like two, three feet on your shot. So if you have that small base and you're going full speed and then you stop with these small, it's having the wide base, jumping and landing as best you can in the same spot and then finishing tall. Perfect. No, I love that because I, 
I've seen, like, I see it all the time in like March Madness tournaments, people shooting, they'll get the corner three, they'll shoot it and they'll land in front of the three point arc, you know? And I think it just goes back to like back in my playing basketball. I remember coaches would always tell me the worst basketball shot in the world is that shot that your foot's on the line, that three point line. So um, so I don't know if that's, is that true? It is. I mean, worst. Okay. They try to say that basically they're talking about points per possession, right? How many points you can score in threes worth more than two. Right. And so if you shoot a three at 42% and shoot a two at 48, well, when you do all that math, the three point basically is going to be a higher percentage, a better potential to earn more points, right? Because it has an extra point. And even though it's lower, it's just a percentage, but it has an extra point. So basically what every coach is saying is they're basically being greedy. They're like, why would you take this deep two when you can back up the foot, right? And take this three shot. And so that's sometimes where I get mad about statistics because the mid range is not gone. You need a mid range. Mid range is great. And a lot of people that shoot the mid range, like the Kevin Durant's clay Thompson's. So yeah. So basically, you know, the mid range isn't dead. I mean, if you think of it, look at like a Kevin Durant or like Chris Paul or someone that shoots mid range really well. I think it's so important because it keeps the defenders honest. Right. So if you can obviously like shoot a three great and that's basically what you're talking about with that is it the worst shot in basketball no it's not necessarily the worst shot in basketball it's just take that step behind that three-point line try to shoot the three but still like you're gonna need a mid-range to keep the defender honest though that instead of you just doing a three-pointer or getting all the way to the bucket you can stop halfway and shoot a mid-range and it's what 15 17 foot shot and you shoot it with confidence a lot of those are shot at a very high percentage from the right players. I just, I think it's something that's really important just to continue to be able to score at all three levels where you can get to the cup, you can get to, you know, anywhere in that mid range and you can get to the three. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, if you're able to drive in and stop in a dime and pull up for a jump shot and make that, you'll be unstoppable. You'll have, right. a, and no, I mean, no one can it's guard impossible it. to guard. Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to guard that. That's why uh, I would always, my favorite move was just in the left elbow, take one dribble and then move to the side. It'd just be like that pull up jumper and it'll just be so hard to defend because I would dr- like you said you keep your defender guessing you drive in you shoot three you're like you can't really guard it but it's so hard to you know master that pull up jumper right right and again it gets back to shooting and kind of honestly more most of that what people don't understand it's all about the load and I think yeah. that kind of tie would tie in you know later but yeah it's really all about how you load and kind of your timing but just last thing on that if, if all you do is shoot threes and get to the cup, like it, it's honestly almost kind of one dimensional. Like it's like, okay, if chase this guy off the three point line. Great. You know, he's going all the way to the basket. Yeah. Right. But if he, if the guy's like, okay, I can do this little pump fake and then I can take that one dribble. It's like, Oh, yeah. now you don't know. Is he going to shoot the threes and go all the way to the basket? Is he going to do this? And then if you're good at drawing fouls, now you get to the foul line, it just gives you another way to score. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. You want to lock all those opportunities to score. Why, why, you know, confine yourself to only like two possible ways to score. 100% agree, 100% agree. And then going off that load question, that's the question that I had because this is something that I always kind of tell people. It's like a little difference. I mean, I see shooters and it would be great to get it from your perspective. Where do you load from? You know, we talked about loading from the knee, yeah. hip. Do you use a combination of both? And how does it differ when you're driving up and then pulling up right away? Exactly. Great, great question. And for me, the biggest thing I tell people and like to look for is you got to load in your hips but it is for sure a combination of both, yeah. right? It's just you need your hips basically down and loaded while your ball is getting to its lift point or its load point, right? So if your hips are already coming up or you're already getting out of that squat and it's already like driving this force up and your ball isn't even into this like 
set point basically to start its lift, then your timing is going to be off. And that's something that's been a big, I think, kind of topic around like social media with a lot of like basketball um, shooting coaches is that you need your hips to stay loaded while the ball is still traveling to its load part. If your hips come out of that, where you start like getting out of your squat and like your ball still like trying to get to this position, your time is not going to be off where you're going to develop that hitch. And that hitch is what we talk about. And what's very common to a lot of players is when the timing is off and the person jumps and is fully extended and then their arms are trying to catch up. This person's already on its way down and then they shoot. And so they're shooting on the way down a la a Russ Westbrook when he doesn't get his ball into his pocket quick enough. They, when you're going full speed into your jump shot, into this mid-range, and you go into this pickup, okay, you're going to go, and as you take this last dribble, and this is something I learned when I was working with more of the pros and being around some of the pros, is almost looks slower, but it's really not. And that's the oxymoron that you have to break through with your own mentality is that, you know what, this isn't a slower move. It's actually allowing my shot to have to be faster. I'm going to have way more power and I'm actually going to be able to fade out of this if I do this right. And so on that last dribble, right before you're going to do your pull-up, you're going to sink. I call it sink your hips. So you're going to sink down almost like you're sitting in a chair and you're going to sink so low that it's going to give you that time to get your ball right to your, your shooting pocket. Now, if you watch this in slow motion of like a Kobe, a Michael Jordan, Kawhi, any like really good pull-up defender or pull-up player, like one dribble pull-up, like a Kevin Durant, that ball is already up here by the time they're like literally in their, in their sitting. So they're still sitting, their hips are loaded and the ball's already up here. So now when they jump, they start to extend at the same time. That's where I talk about that lift and they lift together. They still have all that power while they're going full speed Then they stop and then they're able to drift and jump this way, that way, or backwards and still maintain all that power. So it's definitely sinking into your hips and then making sure that your hips are still loaded while that ball gets into its load point or its lift point, which is like the second phase. We have your pickup, lift, release. And so that lift point, and then they extend together into your release point. No, that's awesome. I like how you talked about sinking in with the hips. So I think that plays a huge role with a lot of players. They feel like they bend too much at the knees and that leads to those patellar tendon issues, like those jumper knees. That's why I feel like you've seen everyone's dealt with, you know, patellar tendon issues. Like yes. you probably see this, the band around the bottom of their kneecap. And I think it's just that constant. Cause I see a lot of shooters that are very upright and then don't sink in too much, a little bit in the hips and just put the load on that knee. And especially if you're already jumping, running, you already have excessive load on the knee. So even the shooting just puts even more strain on it. I'm a little different in the sense too. Some people teach like shoulders need to be back, chest needs to be up. And I'm like, yes, in certain stance instances, but if I'm driving, my chest is super upright. The defender can tell like that doesn't look like a position that you're trying to get all the way to the basket. So I think it's almost like a, a, the player that I'm going to stop. Now, if you can keep your shoulders down and keep yeah. um, them over your toes and you're running like full speed at like this type of angle and not like yeah. at this angle, right? Then the defenders can keep sliding. And then all of a sudden from that angle, you're able to just pop and come up. Yeah. That's a much more like deadly pull up than someone that's like, oh, I'm going to drive with my chest up. Yeah. You know, and then it's quicker than my shot. Maybe, but I think the defender's going to be right there. So now what are you going to do? You got to fade really well or do something else. So I'm really big in kind of like shoulders over toes, shoulders over knees. You're at this angle all the time. And so when you shoot, it should be kind of the same. Those hips are loaded and your shoulders are over your knees. And then you're coming under and into your shot. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. I was going to say that's one thing. If you, you know, if your trunk angle is lower, like you mentioned, you're already loaded. So you could just explode right out of that position. No, I love that. 
Connor, to kind of end the, the podcast, I want to, uh, I want you to give us one tip that you would recommend any player to do right now, especially right now during the quarantine where basketball courts are trying to just pick up. They're trying to open. So people have to get back to the gym and shoot a lot, you know, get right. back their shot right. and everything. What's one tip you would say you recommend someone to do? Perfect. Yeah. I'll give you like one and one and a half. So the first one would be during this quarantine, there's no better time right now than to work on your shot. And you should a hundred percent, if you have a basket at your, um, we kind of talked about this off air, shooting a hundred shots, shooting 200, 300 shots should not take you long. There are gadgets nowadays. You have the gun, you have other things, but you don't even have to spend thousands of dollars. You literally can go on Amazon and type in like, I don't know, like a basketball ball returner. And there's like a $30 plastic thing that like extends three feet out. It's actually really nice. It's hundred percent plastic. It's not the loose one that like moves and it throws the ball back to you. Okay. And you can go and attach that four different hooks on your basket and you can shoot 300 shots from four feet and in, just one hand form shooting, no lie, in probably 15 minutes. So I would say the number one thing is to work on your shot and your shooting mechanics, but it's not enough to shoot 300 shots, not enough to shoot. And they're tracking it. So right now during this time, go shoot a thousand shots a day. If you're really serious about this, if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior in college, you a hundred percent should be doing this. If your goal is to play at the collegiate level at division one or even division two, et cetera, to become a good shooter, go do that. So I just really quick, you do three spots, like in the front and on the side, four feet and in, then you move that back to the free throw and elbows. Now you're already at 600. Then you start moving to the wings and then you shoot lastly through threes. It's very, very easy to get up a thousand shots, working on form in the beginning, working on lift points in the middle. That's what I do. And then working on your full like fluidness of your shot at the three. The next part, the little half, go play right you can't just shoot all the time and then never play or shoot shots without someone like guarding you because then it's not going to transfer right you need someone in your space to make you feel uncomfortable to try that's what defenders do their whole goal is to try to throw you out of your comfort zone shooters mentality of being able to lock in so the second half of this is once you spend all that time working on your shot go shoot Go try it out. Go to a run or whatever and work on your one dribble pull-ups or work on just catch and shoots with a defender guarding you. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I, think, I think it's huge. I think it's- there's, it comes down to there's no excuse. You can find a hoop, you can shoot, or even practice, like you said, the form shooting. Just get a little right. basket, set it up 10 feet. I've, seen, I've been seeing some videos on Instagram where the guy sets up like a, a basket literally on, on his garage, 10 feet, <laughs> just gets a ladder, just sets it right. up and just uses that for shooting. I think Larry and Bird like, was famous for just exactly. shooting basket. Yeah, and little story on that. I mean, when I, when I got when I started seeing results in my game was the one summer between my sophomore and junior year when I did that. I shot around thirteen hundred shots because I picked thirteen spots. I tracked every single one every day. I only well, six days a week. I did uh, six days a week. I shot thirteen hundred shots. I shot over seventy eight thousand shots in one summer. This was before basketball trainers, before anything, right? And I literally in fall ball, I started averaging twenty points a game. And the game became fun because like now that you can shoot, people have to guard you. Like I mentioned earlier, they have to be out there to guard you because you're a threat, right? You open up other lanes for your um, other teammates. You open up lanes for yourself because pump fake, whatever, you can go right by someone. You can get to that mid range. You can get to the cup. The game just, everything opens up the second you can shoot. That's huge. That's huge. So Connor, this is very informative for everyone listening out there. So how can they reach you or work with you? Can you give us like all yeah. those information? For sure. So best way to reach me is actually through Instagram. Um, I use my Instagram a lot. I interact with a lot of people. I even do like virtual uh, shooting 
basically like reviews, uh, shop breakdowns, as you will, uh, for people all over the world. Um, and you can reach me at Connor James, my name's CO, and, and, and then also going to be coming out with my, my online courses. I have eight courses coming out, but really excited about the ebook. It's going to be really cool. Very, very cheap. I just want it so that people can um, look at it. So it's your roadmap to becoming a division one Hooper that's coming out very soon. And then my uh, video courses as well. Perfect, man. We'll include all these links in our bio and our Instagram. But hey, Connor, thanks for coming on, man. This is, this is very informative. I think a lot of people will learn a lot. Well, thank you so much, Margo. I really appreciate it. I had a blast and hopefully I can come back another time. For sure. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook with the handle at Basketball Docs. Our website is www.thebasketballdoctors.com or you can email us at thebasketballdoctors at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and following us. We hope you learned something valuable from our discussion today and use this knowledge to get a leg up over the competition. We would love to continue bringing you information regarding all things basketball. So please rate us, subscribe, comment, and tell your friends. Let's ball for life.